the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Zero three five zero. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM fourteen twenty The Answer or Salem Media Group. The Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back here for another exciting edition of the Bullington Capital Report. The uh, I have with me Mike Seeger, who is the uh, guy that's going to be running the Lookout for the Bull website. As soon as we get that up and finished, we're going to be talking about that in some detail a little bit later in today's show. We're also going to be talking about the seminar. And uh, at the seminar, uh, in fact, I forgot what date the seminar is, so I'll, I'll have to look that up. You can go to Bullington Capital <laughs> dot com to find that if you're really uh super interested but we'll talk a little bit more about it on the rest of the show and uh one of the things i'm going to do today is i'm going to hang on one second I'm trying to get situated here in the uh pretty difficult this morning it's kind of funny the uh anyway we're going to be talking about a move to amend i've got a couple of guests with me and uh i'm going to try to hit and get them on now craig are you there Okay, can't hear Greg. Oh, you know what? I didn't think I just accidentally hung up on Greg. Is this Greg? I'm sorry, can you hear me? All right, we're having trouble with our phone system. If you can, uh, maybe if we can get the caller to call us back. We're going to have a a, a couple guests, Greg Coleridge. He is a uh, person, um, he's an outreach director in the uh, organization called Move to Amend. And I was talking with one of my clients. They are they feel very passionate about this. We were going to have them come onto the show and discuss Move to Amend. What is that? And I was hoping that uh, I'd be able to get him to talk about it. Uh, he's the author of, a, of a, I think it's a book or a uh, a documentary, uh, and that's a book, Citizens Over Corporations. Anyway, we're talking about corporate influence in uh, political elections, and I think since this is election period, probably be kind of interesting to talk about that. And I just have to uh, get these guys back on the uh, <laughs> on the phone lines here. We should be able to continue. Okay, line one. Did I hit the top or the bottom? Okay, that's what I thought. Greg, are you there? Hello. Hey, how are you doing? Well, good. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good. I'm, I'm sorry to uh, have the uh, uh, technical issues this morning, but glad to be able to get you on the show. And In fact, I was just starting to uh, introduce you, and uh, I just, uh, uh, let me see, I think we're waiting for another guest as well. The uh, Do you remember the other guest that was coming on? Well, we're here together, but we're... On a, a line that I'm not sure if it's uh, all that clear. I don't know if you can hear, hear me uninterrupted, but you're kind of spotty. Okay. On our end. All right. We can hear you loud and clear. And so it's it's very good on this side. And uh, I'm sure the, uh, the radio listeners can hear very well, too. If they can, if I can hear you well, I know they can. So it may be somewhere uh, coming back to your um, position there, but... So your friend's name is Kathy Hazelton. Is that is that correct? Yes, I'm Kathy Hazelton. Okay, Kathy. Uh, I see you. Pardon me. 
Okay, Kathy Hazelton, that is the one that's actually uh, coming in. Maybe we can have uh, Kathy call in on another line. Can you join all three of those at once? No? Oh, can we you do uh, call in two different lines? I was going to, yeah, we're going to try that. <laughs> so, okay, Kathy, we'll try that. Okay, but we'll have you, uh, okay. you, you can stay on if you'd like while she's dialing. Okay. So this is kind of funny. Normally the uh, this would run a lot smoother, but probably should have. We're we're dialing in and on another line now. Okay. All right, I'm Greg uh, calling in on a different line from Ken. <laughs> okay, you're going to try to pick it up. Okay, do we have everybody now? Yes, we're here. Oh. Do you have, are you on, Greg? Yep. Yes. Okay, a little bit of an echo there. That's okay. We'll uh, we'll just soldier on through this. Um, how are you guys connected to uh, uh, Ms. Watts? She's the one that arranged for to have you on the show today. It doesn't really matter I, if, if you if I cut you off guard with that. Yeah, don't don't worry about it. Um, she's I'm very, sorry. I just you're breaking up, so I didn't hear the question. Okay. The uh, oh, this is a little a uh, little harder than I thought it was going to be. So let's just start with the questions that we had uh, that I had for you, uh, and maybe you could give us a brief explanation of what the move to amend is. Sure, um, I'll start because <laughs> Greg is uh, trying to find a good place to talk. Okay. Well, move to amend is a grassroots movement uh, working to bring light and change to something that we think is rotten at the core of what we call our democracy. And that's the assumption by corporations and other corporate entities of constitutional rights, which were intended for natural persons only, uh, and also the corrupting influence of money on our government. We are a coalition of hundreds of organizations and hundreds of thousands of individuals committed to social and economic justice, ending corporate rule, and building a vibrant democracy that is accountable to the people. Okay. Well, that's that's a very good explanation. In fact, the uh, much better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and I watched the uh, documentary called Dark Money, where it shed a little mm-hmm. bit of light on some of those kinds of things. Um, and it is it's very interesting to uh, have you guys on the show today. So I do want to thank you for taking your time out to do that. I think it's a uh, uh, it's a big issue. I don't know personally. I don't know how uh, to go about. Um, trying to curtail the uh, corporate, and I think the uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's a good idea for a corporation to be treated as an individual with individual rights. Uh, but I'm not exactly sure what the best methods are. And uh, I was going to uh, ask you about that. What, what kinds of things would you would you are you promoting um, as the agents of change? Well, we are proposing an amendment, a 28th Amendment to the Constitution that would state that money is not speech and corporate entities, which would include corporations, unions, nonprofits, um, 501c4s, things like that, are not individuals that have constitutional rights. Um, They should have statutory rights, you know, created by law. Um, We're not trying to make it impossible for a corporate entity to enter contracts or any of that, but we just don't think that they naturally should be able to get the right to uh, free speech, the right to um, uh, not be, um, not have their property uh, inspected um, by privacy. Um, we think that, you know, the people have rights over corporations to be able to have our, our government say, we want to see what uh, is in your product. We want to, um, we want to know that you're, you know, doing what you're presenting. Yeah, that, that's, that's Greg, really do you want to pick up from there? Sorry, I'm turning. So Greg may not, uh. Greg, can you? Yeah, yeah I'm trying to. I'm trying to pick up here, getting about half of the words in it, and the question We've got a really uh, bad uh, echo coming through on on the radio. I really apologize about this. Um, you know, maybe we could do this. Um, if you, Kathy, if you want to stay on, 
Uh, why don't we just stand and then have Greg call in on another line a little bit later, maybe after the uh, commercial break, and we can uh, split them up a little bit because the way that it's going now, I just don't think that uh, um, we're going to get much through that listeners will actually yeah. be able to tell here. Right, right. It's hard for us to hear you, and probably our answers are kind of slowed down because we're trying to understand. So um, shall we hang up now and call back? Uh, why don't you just stay on, and then you can have uh, Greg call back after the commercial break. So we'll just do it one okay. at a time. when will that be? Um, about uh, three or four minutes from now. How that, many? That's when the commercial break is. So if he wants to call back in 10 minutes, that would be great, because we're going to take a commercial break in about, in about four minutes. Okay. All right. Okay. Bye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think she understood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Okay. So that was fit. that was interesting. Here's what I want to say: the uh, move to right to men. Uh, it is a it's a big deal. You know, corporations are are putting out a lot of influence. They're buying the influence basically, and the move to amend, uh, from what I understand, and believe me, I don't. I am not an expert on this subject, which is why we had uh, Kathy Hazelton on this morning, and uh, also Greg Coleridge. He's written a book on uh, these topics. Yeah really difficult to sort of make some sense. I understood him to say, come back. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, pretty interesting. Oh, well, at some point in time, we'll probably try to get them on individually, uh, just one at a time. So we've only got about uh, three or four minutes before the commercial break. So, you know, and I'll start to talk about the uh, it's upcoming seminar that we have. Uh, it, it's actually going to be pretty short. I think you're really going to like this one. If you haven't been to one in a while, uh, you might want to see this one. Literally, um, I'm only going to talk for about 45 minutes. I know everybody that knows me goes, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> like that's going to happen. Well, uh, and there's a reason for that, because after the 45 minutes, we're going to uh, open up for questions. And I, I find that, you know, just doing question and answer is, is probably more beneficial. And uh, Mike, as you get into this uh, line of work, you, you'll find out probably the same thing. Mm-hmm. That question and answer periods tended to be more beneficial for the people that come and the people that are uh, uh, producing the, uh, the material uh, to be understood. So I'm going to go for about 45 minutes. We're going to be talking about something that's been happening for the past few years. Okay? It's in the last few weeks of the year have tended to be very good for financial markets. And normally, it, it also has been preceded by some corrections, which you've probably uh, been aware of. Past couple of weeks, market was down quite a bit, and uh, it's been very volatile. Not unusual. That's actually par for the course for the stock market. So uh, the more you do this, the longer you'll see and observe that, and you, you won't be worried about it. You know, so that's a big deal. And uh, uh, Mike's also going to be running the lookout for the bull website and we're going to be talking about some of those things that you can do during the last few weeks of the year which i'm not a, you know i'm not a big advocate of people doing this if they're not really sincerely interested in investing i mean they, they really have to be a big fan uh, because there are things that the vast majority of what we do at bullington capital is not predicated on short-term events. The vast majority of it is looking out over long-time horizons, really long-time horizons. However, uh, there's a small part of, of me, and I know there's a small part of other people who have a lot of interest in doing that sort of thing, and and it's kind of fun. Uh, I take a small amount of money, uh, and I do some of these things, which really kind of separates me from the crowd. You get a, a bunch of People out there in the uh, in my industry, financial services, that think that everybody should always be conservative all the time. I'm like, well, yeah, okay, that's fine for them. You know, it's kind of like this uh, move to amend. The uh, uh, everybody's going to have opinions on on everything, and I think that's actually what makes the world kind of interesting to find out what those opinions are. And um, I would say um, when it when it comes to you know talk about it's a little more it, it takes a little emotion. Um, I think that. In the same way that you can invest and you have the possibility to make some more money, uh, if you invest your time and your energy, you have the possibility to have some fun. Yep. And I, th- I think that's 
kind of the idea behind it. So it's you have to be willing to put in a little bit of that time and energy. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to try to make that as easy as possible. See, that's the key. Make it easy. I've always said my entire, well, I, you know, I think I was around 12 when I, I noticed this. And I always heard people saying, experience is the best teacher. And, and, and I get that. But when I was about 12, I'm working with my dad in, uh, you know, if, when I hear the music, we have to take a real quick commercial break. Sorry about that. I'll have to finish this story when we come back. You're listening to Bill Bullington, Mike Seizure, right here on 1420 The Answer. Stay tuned because we will be right back. simplify window shopping how does this sound eight quality windows for your home from 58 dollars a month from a name that you can trust for 58 years this is len for empire window company 855-76-EMPIRE you know you deserve a great product at a fair price from a local company with an excellent reputation that's empire window company enhance the beauty and value of your home with a variety of custom and designer window siding and doors 855-76-EMPIRE thinking about vinyl siding try 35 percent off and free gutters with your siding project and here's an idea what about a fun and easy way to see what replacement windows and new siding would look like on your home before you buy just check out empire's online windows and siding design center you can change the style and color with just a click of a finger empirewindowcompany.com a local company in business for 58 years that's a lot of satisfied customers empire window company 855-76-EMPIRE from an idea that started in 1967, Our Lady of the Wayside has grown to serve almost 900 children and adults with developmental disabilities throughout Northeast Ohio. It's an operation that is still growing thanks to tremendous support and generous donations like the Wayside's Car Donation Program. You can donate your ride to the Wayside for a great tax write-off by calling 1-800-368-6262. The Wayside is also looking for people to join their team. They hire for attitude and train for skills. Visit thewayside.org to apply today. Do you ever find yourself saying, I need a vacation? Vacation Fixation can help. At Vacation Fixation, we specialize in all-inclusive trips and cruises to Mexico, the Caribbean, and Disney vacations. Why choose us? Our clients book through Vacation Fixation because they are frustrated with online trip brokers and timeshare scams. Whether it's a weekend getaway, a family trip, spring break, or honeymoon, Vacation Fixation will personalize a trip just for you. Know the hottest destinations in Cancun, Punta Cana, Jamaica, or Puerto Vallarta? Interested in room upgrades, beach reviews, or details about resort restaurants? How about finding a trip with a direct flight? At Vacation Fixation, we take all of your specific travel requests and shop our suppliers to find the best deal. What's the cost? Our suppliers pay us so you don't have to. Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check out the deal of the day on Facebook. Vacation Fixation. Looking for a great way to save on taxes? Look no more. Just call Our Lady of the Wayside at 1-800-368-6262 and ask about their car donation program. It's simple and it works for everyone involved. You donate your ride, you write off the selling price, and the money goes to help the physically and mentally challenged citizens served by Our Lady of the Wayside. The number to call, 1-800-368-6262. Well, you want more, so get more. Need your ride to Our Lady of the Wayside. And we're back. You're listening to Bill Bullington and Mike Seeger here on 1420, The Answer. This is also carried as a podcast on The Fish. The uh, uh, We're talking about a, a seminar that's coming up, and it's actually Saturday. It's going to be a Saturday morning, October 27th. So it's coming up very quickly, and it's actually next Saturday. And uh, we're going to be uh, unra- un- unraveling, I guess, the uh, or rolling out would probably be a better term. 
the uh, uh, precursor to the Lookout for the Bull website. Uh, Mike's actually going to be running that. Uh, I've given Mike some uh, instructions, some ab- um, advice, and we'll be doing a lot of the research. Eventually, you'll you'll be able to do all this by yourself in the in no time. That's the dream. Yep. And one of the things you're going to be able to do, we were talking about this earlier today. There's a specific um, pattern that uh, stocks tend to show when they're making a, a really big move. And if you looked at enough charts doing this, you would you would see it. Right. But you get through about 10,000 charts, and you're probably going to start to see this thing. And here's the way it works. It's not a guarantee. Uh, in fact, I can guarantee you that you'll probably lose money on more trades than you make money on. The trick is keeping your losses small. And that's the trick, keeping the losses small. When you're managing, what you're really doing is managing the risk. You're managing how much money you're going to lose. It's not. This is not gambling, by the way. This is prudent. Mis- risk management by cutting losses is a prudent thing to do. Okay, so um, and I say that for people that are my age and older because they've always been told that, oh, that's too risky. You shouldn't be doing that. That's gambling. It's not. This is not. This is something that prudent people do. It does take a certain amount of uh, resolve, patience, and uh, if you don't have patience and you're not willing to stick to it, then you should find another form of risk management for your investments, mm-hmm. okay? Because it's not for everybody. But for those people that are interested, I think it's a it's a really good thing. We're going to disclose the whole package, yeah, because quite frankly, that explanation I was or the uh, conversation we were having right before the commercial break about experience. And when I was 12 years old, I looked around and said, yeah, you know what? Experience probably is the best teacher, but I sure wish I could learn from someone else's experience. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started asking a lot of questions back then. And uh, that's the way I am today still. If, if I'm going to do something new, I'm going to go out and find the best es- experts I can find. And I'm not going to ask just one. You know, I'm going to ask several of them. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, that's a, that's an old proverb. The wisest man is the one who learns from every man around him. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I learned something new today. That's awesome. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of what we're doing is, uh, you know, you're coming up to the last few weeks of the year. Why does that, why has that had a tendency? I'm not really sure. I, I really don't know. I just know uh, there are a couple things. Uh, there are an awful lot of hedge funds and there are a lot of funds out there that are, are run based on how the funds perform over the year. And December 31st happens to be the, the last day of the year. Uh, and so they're going to measure performance up through that time period. And the better their performance is, the bigger their bonuses are. Uh, so uh, that could be one of the reasons. Uh, I'm not really, you can't really be sure because there are so many thousands of funds out there. And you don't know what their compensation structures are, but that's a pretty common one. So that could be it. And it could be just a regular old, a regular old window dressing. Uh, that's where portfolio managers would, would load up on stocks, especially stocks that had done well throughout the year. Now, think about this for a second. You're getting, you have to publish your portfolio at the end of the year. You have to take a snapshot that goes to the SEC. Okay. That's one of the filings that they have to, every fund has to do. So near the end of the year, if you see a whole bunch of stocks that have done well throughout that year, and maybe you didn't even own them <laughs> throughout that year, but you might want it, you might want those names showing up in your fund mm-hmm. because you know that the public knows that those stocks have done well that year. That's actually called window dressing. <laughs> <laughs> and some of that, hap- it goes on. Uh, it happens. Yeah. Probably not as much as it used to, but I'm sure it, it, it's still out there. So those are some possible reasons. It doesn't really matter. And I really, you know, I caution people not to take a lot of this stuff uh, super serious. We are going to be talking about serious stuff there. But uh, those are just a couple of reasons I think that the last few weeks of the year have been very good over the past few years. And uh, that, that could change at any time. It could change this year. I uh, hope it doesn't, but uh, it could. And how do you go to identifying those uh, names? If, if your goal is to make money sooner than later, okay, the smart thing to do is probably to go to those stocks that are rising right now, figure out why, and then 
try to get an uh, an idea as to which ones you think may go further or have room to run. And we're going to cover all that at that, at that workshop. Now, typically, it takes, uh, I probably spend a couple hours a day, really, going through the lists. And you don't have to do that. Uh, in fact, when I have not been pressed for time, it's really funny. Um, if you go back into my history, when I was pressed for time, used the lists, selected the stocks, put the risk management procedures on that we're going to talk about, I actually did better <laughs> <laughs> than when I spent hours and hours of time. Murphy's Law. And I know uh, uh, I know why. I, I really do. And uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that because... It's a lot of. It can be a lot of fun, and it's always nice to uh, make some money. There's some things, uh, other things that we're going to mention briefly. Um, you know, the S and P's done very well. It's actually one one of the leaders. If you look at large cap growth in the, in the subcategory of large cap, that has blown away everything. Last five years, it is not even remotely close. Well, it, w- one category is remotely close. It's mid cap growth. So slightly smaller companies that are growing real fast. Those two categories are, uh, have just knocked the, uh, knocked the lights out as far as performance goes. Now the, the average person says, Oh, well, let's buy that. And the above average person goes, wait a minute. Let's learn from other people's experience who tried that and end up losing a lot of money, uh, or at least being down significantly in taking years to get that money back. So what can we learn from those people? Well, those people will tell you, yeah, all the categories, small cap, mid cap, large cap, international emerging market, if you look at the past 50 to 60 years, their returns are very close to one another, Hmm. very close to one another. And if you look super closely, you'll see that these cycles have actually persisted uh, over time uh, where large cap value was the best category uh, or a small cap growth was the best category. So they're basically switching places. If they're switching places and their, their long-term numbers all come up about the same, when logically is the best time to buy a category when it's just outperformed the others or when the others have underperformed if they're, if they in fact, keep to their long-term average and catch up, which one will be moving faster in the future? The the first one, right when it right when it breaks out. What, what you mean the one that's already gone up the most? No, 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 no. no. Right when it breaks out, right oh, when it swaps okay. over. Yeah, yeah. That that is actually a little. Um, um it's not quite as clean, <laughs> <laughs> but you're on the right track. So you're going to go to the areas that basically weren't the leading category last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can try to to put some timing on that and try to catch them as they begin to move. And I will tell you that that's a lot harder. It, it is. It used to be easier. You could do that uh, in the past. It was a lot easier than it is today. But today, I think uh, uh, those other categories, at some point in time, if they are to catch up, uh, then you want to be adding to them. That was that was the whole point behind this whole thing, by the way. You want to be adding to them when they are underperforming because when their turn comes, you will have added to those positions. And that one that's going to crash, okay, you have been taking some of the money out of that as it goes up. So you've actually been selling high and buying low by accident. <laughs> <laughs> actually by design once you know what you're doing. And it gives you the patience and the resolve to stick with it. Because the knowledge is really power. If you know that all these groups are going to end up right around the same place over the next 40 or 50 years, their average returns, and some of them, and they're not going to do it at the same time, by the way. That's another thing that uh, we've got to, oh, I feel like I have to really get out to the general public just as a service. Uh, it's the education over picking categories. People normally pick by the last one, three, and five-year performance. That's how they pick their funds. It's just how it works. It's what they do. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize that that's not that they're going to repeat the the mistakes of their the people before them. They're not learning from their experience. Uh, 
There's a company called Dalbar. They measure investor performance. That's all they do. They sell that research to financial firms all over the world. And look at how well the average investor does. Do horribly. They would be way better off just putting their money in a, in a regular old balance fund and forgetting about it. Do something that they really enjoy doing. The, um, um, so that, that's really old, but the, the, that, the smarter ones, the ones that are in that top five or 10% are generally willing to invest in those categories that are currently out of favor. Because when they do come into favor, they're going to capture a really big move. And that's what one of the models that we're going to publish on the uh, Look Out for the Bull, that look the value model, oh, yep. yeah, that's what it does. That's exactly what that does. Now, that is on an individual portfolio scale. Mm-hmm. It's not across uh, these gigantic asset classes. We're looking at 50 stocks, you know, just 50. And I'm hearing people go, oh, I can't buy 50 stocks. Yeah, well, actually, there's a firm out there called Folio that'll let you do that with with a thousand bucks. You can take a thousand dollars and split it up into fifty stocks, and they'll even buy fractional shares, which means uh, you're, the whole thousand bucks is invested. <laughs> you're going to get pieces of some shares, especially if Google's in there. But the um, you'll get pieces of some shares, and they'll track it for you, uh, and you can monitor it. And I think it's a great learning experience. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, that is a lot of fun. And uh, they they really do a good job of tracking that too. So, uh, um, do you have anything you wanted to add there? Or? I think you covered it pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah, we're looking forward to uh, getting this done. That, the site's actually uh, uh, we're fairly close. I think within the next two weeks, we'll probably be able to launch. It's going to grow. Uh, you and I are going to add a lot of content to it over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'll, we'll keep it at a, a cost that that makes it. Uh, affordable to very, the most people. And, uh, I think, uh, all the years back when I was in college, which, uh, hard to believe how long ago that was. <laughs> I, I spent 35 bucks, which was a lot of money in those days. You know, the early 1980s, $35 probably were the equivalent of a little over a hundred bucks, you know, for a book. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a little, it was a book. Uh, when's the last time you spent over a hundred bucks for a book? Uh, beginning of this semester. Oh, it, but you're in college. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a textbook. Yeah. This was a, uh, recreational book. It was actually a book on investing from the National Association of Investment Clubs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, it's where I first really got the interest in learning how to do this stuff. And we'll cover a bunch of that stuff. By the way, I can summarize that book in about three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I've been doing this for so long. And, uh, I did write a, a summary of that. It's called Look Out for the Bull, the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in paperback. Um, it's nowhere near bestseller. <laughs> <laughs> I'm embarrassed to call it a book. It's more, it's like 36 pages and one of the pages actually gets repeated nine times. Wow. The, uh, yeah. And it's just looking at sales and profit margins. That's of companies. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, uh, again, something we'll, uh, we'll try to touch base on. Uh, it doesn't really matter, by the way, when you're doing that, the, that one particular style of investing where you're looking at those companies that are leading right now. Um, in fact, it, it probably will hurt you a little bit. Uh, the fact that you know what something's worth, uh, will hurt you. It'll, it'll keep you from buying something that might be overpriced right before it gets grossly overpriced. <laughs> that happens all the time. And, yeah. uh, you'll, uh, uh, you, you get used to it after a while. Yes. Yeah. Better safe than sorry. Yeah. And I'll tell you what's interesting about that particular style. Um, very strict rules. Got to follow the rules. If you don't follow the rules, you're lost. If you're hesitating, uh, that was somewhere in the Bible. He who hesitates is lost. I did not know that until mm-hmm. about, I don't know, two weeks ago. Yeah, you and I m- might have been talking about it. But the uh, I thought it was pretty funny. You can't hesitate. You've got to know what you're going to do. you got you got to have it written down. I call it a checklist. Uh, reminds me of uh, people who fly planes for a living. The captains, they have a checklist. Why do they have a checklist? They're a captain. They have thousands of hours experience. Why are they walking around a plane with a checklist? <laughs> I can tell you. That's that's why they have thousands of hours <laughs> because they don't forget to do the steps on the list. And if you didn't carry that with you, you would probably not, you know, you'd probably forget. So that's why we're going to publish these things. These are checklists. These are your checklists. You still have to fly the plane. Okay. But you got to fly the plane as safely as you possibly can. And using the checklist is how you do that. And if you really look at the material that, that we'll be presenting, 
it's a really good idea. I think all of them are good ideas. Uh, I've had a lot of really bad ideas over there. There are a lot of really good ideas, incidentally, uh, that don't work anymore. Uh, markets have changed, or they don't work like they used to because markets do evolve over time. And if you're not paying attention, you won't see that that uh, level of involvement or evolvement, I'm sorry. The uh, And uh, that's, you know, they say nothing is as constant as change, and you know, I, I can attest to that at least as far as the stock market goes. But we've got to take another quick commercial break here that you're listening to Bill Bullington, Mike Seeger, right here on the Bullington Capital Report. We'll be back after these messages. I was standing in the pouring rain one dark November night Fighting off the bitter cold when she caught my eye Bob Vila here with my home improvement tip of the day. How much snow on the roof is too much? That depends a lot on the way your roof was constructed. Steep and smooth roofs tend to shed snow easily, while roofs that are only slightly pitched or flat tend to collect big drifts. Another important factor is the weight of the snow. Removing a heavy snow load can be tricky. If you have a multi-story house, you'd best not be climbing up and down icy cold ladders to dizzying heights. Better to leave that to licensed insured pros who have the right equipment to get the job done right. On the other hand, if you have a single-story home, you can use a long telescoping snow rake to pull snow off the roof. One caution, though, rakes that come into contact with shingles can do a lot of damage, so look for sturdy models with small rollers that keep the edge of the rake away from the shingles. Finally, before you start pulling snow off the roof, put some thought into where the snow is going to land. You don't want to damage your plants. Get more info at BobVila.com and right here at home with me, Bob Vila. Temperatures are starting to drop, and you know what that means. Old man winter is coming soon. It's time to take a look at those windows, doors, and other problem areas of your home before it's too late. Now is the time to call Joyce Factory Direct, Cleveland's family-owned window manufacturer and remodeler, to have one of their experts meet you for advice and on-the-spot pricing. Proudly made right here in Cleveland, Joyce Windows features state-of-the-art technology like Thermacore Composite Reinforcements and their exclusive Smart Shield High-Performance glass, which means you'll be getting the most energy-efficient windows for your home directly from the factory. Customers love how much warmer their house is and how easy the windows operate and clean. Every window is made specifically for your home and installed by factory experts. Let Joyce Factory Direct improve your home now before it's damp and cold. Call to schedule a free appointment, 440-243-5700, or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com. Looking for a great way to save on taxes? Look no more. Just call Our Lady of the Wayside at 1-800-368-6262 and ask about their car donation program. It's simple and it works for everyone involved. You donate your ride, you write off the selling price, and the money goes to help the physically and mentally challenged citizens served by Our Lady of the Wayside. The number to call, 1-800-368-6262. Well, you want more, so get more. Donate your ride to Our Lady of the Wayside. And we're back. Listening to Bill Bullington, Mike Seeger right here on 1420 The Answer. By the way, if you'd like to call, the number is 216-901-0945. Sorry I didn't give that out earlier. and sorry I did it so quickly, so I'll do it really slowly right now. <laughs> 216-901-0945. And I want to thank the caller who called my office in to, to let me know that I was forgetting to give that number out because that is kind of important. <laughs> so 216-901-0945. And if you want to reach me to talk to me during the week, you can actually uh, go to my website, Bullington Capital. There's a contact us form there, or you can call at 330-664-0700, 330-664-0700. So Mike and I were talking about um, the Lookout for the Bull website. It's going to be up. Uh, and it'll have multiple things in there. One of the things that we'll be talking about is, is a more active style of investment management. And it's looking at stocks that are, that are exhibiting certain characteristics, uh, that over the years have shown, and it's common sense, by the way. It's really common sense. Uh, but it's hard to do if you don't have a computer and some software. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have to learn how to use the software, and then you learn have to have to learn a little bit about coding. Not a lot. I'm almost embarrassed to call it coding, but it is. It's just uh, not super sophisticated for a hardcore coder out there. Yeah, uh, they'll look at it and go, "Oh, that's pretty funny." Uh, but uh, anyway, Scott, uh, this uh, stock comes up on my screen, and it's called Ericsson. And we're going to have to talk about that a little bit after this uh, caller. And I've got uh, Esther. Do you have a question for us? Thanks. Yes. I think it was two weeks ago you were referring to de-worsification. I don't remember the context, <laughs> but I thought immediately of GE. I mean, we've been taught since childhood, don't put eggs in all one basket, and that the ancient equivalent is, I think it's Ecclesiastes 11, which says, give a portion to seven or eight. Well, what can you say about GE? That used to be the, the prime example. Jack Welsh. Well, and, well GE was the, is an example of the de-worsification process. <laughs> I, I hate to say that, and I, and I shouldn't laugh about it because so many people used to work for GE Lighting around here. Um, there are a lot of people that, that worked for that company. So uh, what happens with a, a company that gets to a certain size is they tend to start buying other companies because they, they have a, d- a demand or uh, even a directive to grow the company. And they've grown, they feel as though they've grown as much as they can in the particular industry that they're working in. So they end up buying businesses in other industries that might not be related because of the uh, potential that they see in those industries. And if they continue to do that, at some point in time, they've got a big collection of, of businesses that really don't have a whole lot to do uh, with one another. And it just becomes incredibly difficult to manage. So, at what point do you think they should have stopped de- diversification? Well, you got me because, you know, Warren Buffett, who also didn't like that concept of, of just buying all these businesses, owns about 80 different businesses now. <laughs> and, and he's still doing pretty well. Uh, the vast majority of his business, though, and, and of revenue and profit comes from his uh, insurance companies, the, uh, or a huge chunk of that. So, you know, it, it's a tough thing. Uh, at some point in time, you want to keep growing. But do you really want to get into businesses that maybe you don't understand or or can't dominate as well as the ones that you uh, did come to dominate? And uh, it's tough. This is one of the reasons you cannot invest by setting something and forgetting it. Not a good idea. And it's not a good idea to put more than 4 or 5% of, of your net worth into one company. It's just not a good idea. You might get lucky. You might, if you get really lucky and you bought, let's say you bought Apple. Okay. In 2000, when everybody said Apple was dead, they're going away, uh, Business Week magazine runs a big headline, iPod can't save Apple. Right? Your split adjusted cost basis is under a dollar a share there. It's, I don't know, let me look up, see where it is right now. So it's 200 bucks. So if you were lucky and you bought Apple, you were lucky. That's kind of like winning the lottery. Very dangerous to do that. You go to 1987 and you made a purchase in Apple. In 2005, how many years is that? The uh, 18 years. 2005, you're at the same price in Apple as you were in in 1987, and that stock didn't pay a dividend. So when people say just buy it and hold it forever, I think you're gambling. I really think you're gambling, and you shouldn't do that. I relate to that. Uh, now, as far as, uh, well, your your voice while I'm listening to you is kind of breaking up similar to earlier in the program, but I, I heard most of it. When it comes to people investing in funds, whether they're ETFs or otherwise, mm-hmm. what do you think is a maximum number of separate funds, uh, even if they're mixed among different uh, investment houses? Well, you, you probably can get by with somewhere between, uh, you don't have to go above eight to ten funds. You know, if you go okay. if you go above that, then it just gets harder to um, keep all the paperwork, and you sure. have, you have to really watch about you know for the overlap because if you've got two funds and they're nearly identical, that's really just like having one fund. Sure. So, well, that's that's plenty of your time. Thanks for your time. Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Bye. Yeah, it was a nice call. The uh, so hey, if you have a call, question, comment two one six nine zero one zero nine four five. 
And by the way, you know, we, we did a couple seminars on retirement planning, and this is a good thing uh, for you at, at your age. Uh, I like to say you're never too young to start planning for retirement. When I say that, it normally is in the left ear, out the right. <laughs> and it, the speed with which that passes through someone's head depends on their age. <laughs> the younger they are, the faster that goes. Yeah, but I'm telling you, for every $50,000 that you would like to have in retirement, you're going to need around a minimally a million dollars to generate 50,000. That's a 5% return. Okay. Now maybe, and at some point in time, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, if interest rates get above 5%, people will look back to this radio station and say, you were wrong. I got 5% on a CD. Well, if you get 5% on a CD, it's because inflation is 5%. So how far ahead are you? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you're going to have to invest. You're going to have to invest in stocks. There's just, there's no other way. To get rich in America, you're either going to, and by the way, uh, I'll, I'll come back to that thought. Sorry about that. To get rich in America, you either have to build a business that generates a lot of cash or you invest in other people's businesses. One of the two. So if you're not building a business and you're trying to get rich, you won't be able to do it by saving. The inflation rate, the real inflation rate, which doesn't get published anywhere, by the way, <laughs> very difficult to do to calculate anyway, Mm -hmm. but even the CPI, by the time you take taxes off of a CD or a government bond, uh, and then you take the inflation rate out, many times you're negative. So that's the concept of the real return, which is typically negative uh, in a CD. So in other words, that certificate of deposit, which they call a CD, could also stand for certificate of death financially. Because that money is dying there. Uh, and yeah, you know, I feel bad because so many people, just, they want that guarantee. And you just, it, it's incredibly difficult to get. Life involves risk. Stocks involve risk. Funds involve risk. You've got to learn how to manage the risk if you want to navigate that successfully and accumulate enough money to be able to retire one day. Uh, one day. Uh, and if that's, I hear these groups. That we're getting a group together. We're going to figure out how to retire by the age of 50. Good. The uh, Hey, I can save you guys a lot of time and effort and energy. It's a million bucks for every $50,000 you want. Okay? So if you could live on 50000 I could live on 50000 I could live on 25000 Great. You only need a half a million bucks. Okay? That's in today's dollars. At inflation rates, of, let's say 2%, uh, it's going to have to be about 50% greater than that in 20 years. Uh, and this is where I start losing people. <laughs> <laughs> the, the numbers start getting so big. But don't worry about it. It's nothing to worry about. It, you should be aware of it, and you should be taking steps towards trying to get to those goals. And uh, I'm still on track to hit the goals that I set for myself, despite a, a huge number of setbacks. <laughs> I mean major setbacks. Uh, do I want to be a billionaire? No. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not willing to do the kind of work it, t- <laughs> it takes to do that. The, uh, um, maybe when I was younger, but, uh, like I said, there were setbacks. So retirement planning is this. You're going to have a certain amount of income, whether it be social security or pensions. Um, you're going to have a certain amount of assets. If you want to, you really want to know how much you can afford to, to spend in retirement, just take somewhere between four and 6%. 4% on the low side, on a good side, 6% on a slightly high side. That is the amount of income you could semi-safely or you could prudently uh, expect to take, depending on your age. Okay. We have a software package, by the way, from uh, BlackRock. They let us use it all the time for free. And it'll tell you what kind of income range you should stick to uh, just based on the, the probabilities. And the probabilities are better than taking a, a guess, hmm. you know, a guess that's an uneducated guess. Okay. So it's going to be somewhere between 4 and 6% depending on how old you are and how aggressive you are. Okay. So uh, if you take those numbers and you add it to your, you, you calculate how much you could afford to uh, generate today. Let's say you got $100,000. Okay. Well, 4,000 uh, is 4%, 6,000 is 6%. Um, I don't know. Yeah, can you live on four to 6,000? You know, Whew, that'd be L- tough. A little rough. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. So you're probably going to have to keep going. Uh, no big deal. And I really, quite frankly, all these years in my uh, in the business, I think people shouldn't retire. I don't think you should retire. 
I think you should make, you're going to want to slow down one day. Uh, but I don't ever think you should retire. I, I see a lot of problems develop, uh, actually mostly health wise. You stop using your body, you start pushing your body and guess what? Uh, it's, it'll slow down. It'll stop functioning. It'll start to, you know, go away. So that, that's a, uh, really kind of a strange topic, I think, to have, uh, morphed into on in our show. <laughs> But the, the bottom line is the retirement planning is not, it's not as difficult as people make it out to be. You know, it takes a lot of money to do that. If you're going to build a business, that's great. You know, building a business, an actual business, one that you may be able to sell one day, one that you may be able to turn over to your kids and run and just draw a salary. That would be awesome. But the, if you're not going to do that, uh, your choices are a little bit limited and just as is our time because <laughs> this show is over. Uh, hey, Mike, thanks for coming on again today. Thanks for having me on. No problem. You've been listening to Bill Bullington right here on uh, 1420 The Answer every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck and good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420 The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. The preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.